welcome to this King's Church talk. We hope that you really enjoy it. If you have any questions, please email us on admin at kingscc.org or you can go to the website www.kingscc.org. Thank you. My name is Brenton, and uh, in case you're wondering, uh, this is Daisy, uh, this is Hamish, and, and this is Agnes. Um, 2020 has been quite a year so far, hasn't it? Uh, the word unprecedented has been used an awful lot to describe it. And yet, here we are in the middle of October. Uh, the clocks go back next weekend. The time seems to be flying by, doesn't it? Can you remember what happened just 50 days ago? Well, 50 days on the one hand sounds a lot, doesn't it? But it's not. Uh, 50 days ago was the 29th of August. The news headlines on that day were uh, mostly around schools getting ready to go back after this long lockdown. Uh, some people were being encouraged to go back into offices, again, after working from home for a long period. And tributes were pouring in for the actor Chadwick Boseman, uh, who just died of cancer. That feels like a couple of weeks ago, not 50 days. Um, we've been looking at Acts 2 together the last few weeks. And uh, 50 days was how long it was from Pentecost to the, the night that Jesus celebrated the Passover meal for the last time with his disciples. And of course, later that Thursday evening, he was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. And then the next morning, he was tried, put on trials and sentenced, and then crucified, died, and was buried that Friday afternoon and evening. But of course, on the Sunday, he rose again, and he appeared to his disciples. And then over the next 40 days, he appeared to them several times, teaching them, eating with them, and just convincing them that he was genuinely alive and risen from the dead. And on at least one occasion, he appeared to 500 of his followers at once. And then after those 40 days, he ascended into heaven, leaving his disciples with the Great Commission, and instructions to wait in Jerusalem for the Holy Spirit. And they had to wait another 10 days before these events that we're looking at in Acts 2, the, the day of Pentecost. And as we've been looking at Acts 2 and Pentecost, we've looked at a number of things, haven't we? We've, we've looked at the promise of the Holy Spirit. And how that, that goes back into the Old Testament and the prophecies. And then we've looked at how those disciples were empowered by the coming of the Holy Spirit. When they were there praying in that upper room together. And then as they spilled out onto the streets, uh, speaking in tongues and gathering a crowd. Uh, and then, of course, some people mocking them. And we've looked at Peter's uh, sermon, how he addresses the crowd, and he explains to the, the, the crowd how um, these events fit into the big picture of the Old Testament and the prophecies. And God's promises 
about pouring out the spirit on all flesh. And he explains that actually Jesus is the promised Messiah. And yet uh, the people have been involved in putting him to death. And then only last week, we looked at how Peter pointed to the exalted Jesus. Today, I want to take a few minutes just to look at how the crowd responded to Peter's words. And as we do that, let's ask ourselves, how should we respond to these things? How should we respond to the truth of the gospel of the risen Jesus Christ? Because I, I believe there's a challenge for us here. So I, I just want to invite you, let's open our hearts and let's hear what the Spirit has to say to us. Let's allow ourselves to be changed by these truths. I want to just read uh, from Acts 2. And I'm going to start right at the end of uh, Peter's sermon in verse 36. And I'm, I'm going to read from the NIV version. Uh, so here we are. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. The New Living Translation says that Peter's words pierced their heart. And the Passion Translation says they were crushed. And they said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Yeah, Lord Jesus, will you speak to us this morning through your Holy Spirit? Yeah, Lord, would you show us what it is that you want to say to us? And I pray as you as you come, Holy Spirit, would you change us from the inside out? Amen. So in order to really understand what, what the Bible is saying to us today, we need to put ourselves in the shoes of the people who first heard it. Now, these people were Jews. Uh, they were residents of Jerusalem and visitors from all over the Jewish world. Many of them would have heard of Jesus. Uh, some of them may have even witnessed some of his miracles or listened to his teaching. 49 days previously, um, they would have heard about a rabbi from Nazareth being crucified and probably thought that's the end of his sect. Some of them may have even witnessed it. They may have been at the crucifixion. Uh, crucifixions were a regular occurrence under Roman occupation. 
Some of them may have even heard rumours that Jesus was alive again, even though the Jewish authorities did their best to quash them. But the significance of these things would have probably been lost on most of them at the time. Then, full of the Holy Spirit, Peter confronts them with this truth. He explains that Jesus is the promised Messiah. Now, of course, they, as good Jews, would have all known the prophecies. They would have all known the history. They'd have, um, they'd have understood about the promises. They'd have been living with these promises. And Jesus shows, uh, sorry, Peter shows that Jesus is the fulfillment of these promises. <coughs> Peter then points out to them that they are directly implicated in the death of their Messiah. Of course, part of God's plan. But Jesus, of course, has risen to life. And Peter and his companions are all witnesses of that fact. And as Jesus has risen, he's been exalted and he's been given all the authority of God and that he has then sent the promised Holy Spirit. Now, some of the crowd may have walked away at that point. We don't know. But many of them were cut to the heart as they realised this truth. They realised their guilt for killing their Messiah. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever said or did something and you just wish you could take it back again? That, that feeling of agony, of anguish, of guilt, um, that despair, that desperation that you can't stay like that. You, you must do something. You do anything to fix it. Well, that must have been how they felt as they listened to Peter. And so they asked, what shall we do? And they, they're recognising that Peter has spoken the truth. And their heart response is testifying to that. And they're asking Peter because they're hoping that he's got some answer. He's got some way to assuage this guilt and this anguish that they're feeling. But Peter gives an uncompromising answer. It's an answer that would test whether their question was really genuine or not. Peter says to them, repent and be baptised. Now, you have to understand, these people were Jews. And uh, Judaism was more than just their religion. It was their nationality. It was their history. It was their destiny. Being a Jew was their very identity. And Peter's telling them to be baptised, but being baptism was something that a Gentile would do in order to become a Jew. Asking a Jew to be baptised was, was just offensive. It would be like saying to them to, to deny everything that being a Jew was of no value to them at all. If they went ahead and got baptised, they would have probably been cut off from their Jewish community. They'd have become an outcast. 
You see, to be baptised as a Jew was to turn their back on their whole identity. To be baptised would have been an outward demonstration that something fundamental had changed inside that person. It, of course, would be an outward sign of inner repentance. Now, if you remember, I spoke a few weeks ago on Psalm 51 and, and talked about repentance. Repentance is not just being sorry. I can be sorry and nothing changes. Repentance is a change. It's a change of thinking. It's a change of direction. Instead of carrying on life my way, I'm saying that Jesus is now in charge. True repentance is demonstrated in the way that we live. Repentance always bears fruit. And baptism is an outward sign that that repentance has happened. You see, baptism is the first requirement in following Jesus. A baptism in, involves swallowing our pride, uh, submitting ourselves and obeying Jesus's command and, of course, getting wet. If, if you are a follower of Jesus, if you have experienced this, this repentance and turning to him and following him, but you've not yet been baptised, then let me encourage you, get, do get in touch with us because we would love to help you find the best way to make that happen so that you too can go through these steps of obedience and be baptised. The next thing that Peter says to this crowd uh, that they've got to do is to receive. Firstly, they have to receive forgiveness. They just realised that they were partly responsible for the death of their Messiah, Jesus. And they, they would have felt the weight of that, the guilt of that upon them. <clears throat> and here Peter was telling them that, that that weight can be removed, that guilt can be gone, they can be free. Of course, this is all of the grace of God. The, the forgiveness was not earned. There was no sacrifice or payment for it. It was a gift. How many of us live with guilt? Uh, I get it. I, I'm a Christian. Um, I still get things wrong and sin. And then I feel guilty for it. Um, and then that guilt makes it harder for me to, to come to, to Jesus and be in his presence. But that, that's just not how it's meant to be. That, that forgiveness means that that is gone. That guilt is gone. I'm forgiven. I'm free. The blood of Jesus has dealt with it. Romans 8 verse 1 says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We don't have to live with that guilt. We, like Peter, must accept that forgiveness. You see, when, when you receive a gift, that's great, but we must accept it 
in order to benefit from it. And this is true of forgiveness. We must accept and receive this forgiveness. The other gift that Peter says they were to receive was the promised Holy Spirit. And again, this is, this is not an automatic thing. But we must be open to accept it and to go on accepting it. You see, the Holy Spirit, the, the third person of the Trinity, God, it doesn't push our way into our lives. Jesus told his disciples in John 16, verse 7, it was better that he went away so that the Spirit would come. And I'm sure the disciples didn't really understand that at the time. But Jesus longs to be with us. He, he longs to be with each and every one of us. And, and he does that by dwelling within us by his spirit. The Holy Spirit also empowers us, gives us the strength and the, the ability to serve and worship Jesus day by day. So that we can carry on working the, the mission that Jesus started when he was here in body. And this is what happened to those disciples for the first time at Pentecost. They were so full of the power of the Holy Spirit that they burst out onto the streets, proclaiming the wonders of God in all different languages that they wouldn't have known. And of course, Peter was full of the Holy Spirit and empowered by the Spirit as he preached this sermon. And 3,000 people decided to accept it and follow Jesus. You see, being filled with the Spirit is essential for us to, be, to live a life as true followers of Jesus. Trying to follow Jesus without the Spirit is just an exercise in self-discipline and self-improvement, doomed to failure. I know I've tried. Now, for these people in Jerusalem, they had a choice. Do they accept what Peter has just uh, told them and become followers of Jesus going through baptism? Or do they reject it and carry on as they were? And this is the same choice that we are faced with. You see, we too are implicated in the death of Jesus. We too are guilty. We too are desperate for God's forgiveness and grace, whether we know it or not. The question is, will you accept it? If you've never received God's forgiveness, I want to give you an opportunity right now today. Maybe you've been coming to church for a while. Uh, maybe you've been listening to these online meetings. Maybe you're feeling that weight of guilt upon you. Maybe you feel cut to the heart. It's, it's very simple, and yet it's very profound. Repent. Turn away, turn, turn away from the way you've been living and instead put Jesus in charge of your life. Ask him to give you his forgiveness. Ask him to fill you with his spirit and simply receive 
I want to I wanna pray uh, right now. And I plead with you as Peter pleaded with that crowd. If you are feeling that right now, if you are feeling that challenge, then don't miss this opportunity and just say this prayer with me. Jesus, I'm sorry that I have lived my life my way and rebelled against you. Thank you that you died on the cross for me and you rose to life. I want to turn away from my old life and live for you instead. Please forgive me and take away all my guilt. And please give me your Holy Spirit to help me. Amen. If you just prayed that for the first time, that's wonderful. Um, please, please get in touch with us because firstly, I would love to hear about it. I would be so encouraged um, to hear uh, about it. Uh, but also we, we want to be an encouragement and a support to you as you start this new life with Jesus. So do get in touch either through someone you know at the church or email us at pastoral at kingcc.org. Now, I know many of the people listening to this would have made this choice a long time ago. I know for me personally, I made that choice about 34 years ago when I was a teenager. But there's still a challenge for us today. How are you doing? How zealous are you for Jesus? How passionate are you to worship him and serve him? Are you being filled with the Spirit? So I became a Christian in my early teens. And then in my late teens and early 20s, I got bored with church and uh, decided to just do life my way. And pretty much ignored God, didn't talk to Jesus at all. And life was good. But deep down, there was something missing. You see, I still believed the truth. I never stopped believing. I just stopped following. And I was miserable. And God graciously brought me to a place where he presented this choice before me. Carry on living my way, despite knowing the truth. Or come back to him. And I was so keen, it wouldn't just be an external thing. I didn't want to, I could have easily just come back to church, but I wanted to, I wanted to change from the inside. It had to be all or nothing for me. <clears throat> and I remember making that decision and submitting myself again to Jesus and saying, I'm, I'm yours. All of me is yours, 100%. You see, when we make that decision to follow Jesus, there are no rooms, no room for half measures. It has to be all or nothing. 
That's the response that Peter was looking, looking for from this crowd at Pentecost. And 3,000 of these people responded. Now, 3,000 people got baptized, which meant they would have been cut off from their former communities. They would have been persecuted by the Jewish authorities. <clears throat> Some of them would have been put to death by the Romans, all because of that choice. Now, for most of us, life is much easier than that, but it can be easy to cruise, can't it? We can attend church a bit. Uh, we can maybe get involved a little bit, maybe give a little bit of money. Um, maybe, you know, keep our faith to ourselves. We don't want to be too conspicuous. Don't want to be seen um, as odd. But that's not the response that Jesus wants. And just as I come to an end, there's this challenge, a challenge that I challenge myself because I know I fall short so often still. But it's a challenge for all of us today. And the first challenge is this. Have you accepted God's forgiveness? Or are you holding on to guilt? If you are in Jesus, then your sin is gone. There is no guilt. Now, I know, personally, I know, I still make mistakes. I still sin. I still get things wrong. But we don't hold on to the guilt of those things. We confess our sins to Jesus quickly and receive his forgiveness. And we, we move forward from that guilt in freedom. Are you doing that? Are you living that way? Are you living in the freedom that Jesus has won for you? Secondly, have you received the Holy Spirit? And I don't just mean um, a meeting, some great meeting that happened years ago. I mean today. Have you spent time in his presence? Have you been filled up and empowered? You see, too often we try to live for Jesus on our own strength, and it's just not meant to be like that. A paraphrase of Ephesians 5 verse 18 says, be being filled in the spirit day by day, minute by minute. You see, this is the genuine response that Peter was looking for at Pentecost. And this is the genuine response that Jesus is looking for from us. I want to take you back to that, that day when you made the choice, whether that was five minutes ago or 50 years ago. Are you still living 100% for Jesus? If you are, then praise God. Thank him for his grace towards you and keep going. You're an encouragement to those people around you. 
But if, like me, you fall short sometimes, ask the Spirit to fill you again now. Are there compromises in your life that need to be dealt with? If so, receive Jesus' forgiveness right now and move forward in freedom. Let's get back to that zeal that we first had when we, when we felt that and we, and we received Jesus and we knew um, just that wonder and that joy. Let's live for him 100%. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your grace and mercy towards us, that we can be free of sin and free of guilt and live for you wholeheartedly. Thank you that your forgiveness goes on and on and on, that your mercies are new every morning. And now I pray, Holy Spirit, would you come and fill each one of us? Would you come and empower us to live 100% for you? to love you and to serve you without holding anything back. Do you come and bless each one of us in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. 